7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast. London, it's 3 in the afternoon. In New South Wales, it is 12 midnight. And Malaysia, it is somewhere right in the middle of the Dark Ages. <laughs> I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. And this is Miko, and Miko is not wearing pants either, right? Are you not wearing pants? Yes. <laughs> uh, actually, I had a new thing going on tonight. We kind of opened up the show a half hour early, and I just let it stream with a little B-cam running, a little behind the scenes. And then when I uh, went downstairs and came back up, Miko followed me up. Miko, say hi. Can you say hi? Everybody wants to say hi to you. Uh, Luna Amethyst, Invis Toby, thanks for checking us out. They are there. They're in the chat. They say hi to you, Miko. You're doing all right? You're so nonplussed. You so don't care, huh? Yeah? Why are your ears down? Put your ears back up. And I had an Oreo cookie. I, I hope it's not stuck in my teeth. Miko wanted some, but, you know, dogs and chocolate, so that didn't work. All right, young lady. I have to, uh, I have to start my show. So would you like to get down now? No? You just want to sit there all night? You're going to sit there. Look, see? Is that you? Hey, look over there. Look over there. Who's that? <laughs> RFD1996. Hey, you. <laughs> Good to have you along for the ride there on uh, YouTube. And the uh, folks on uh, Facebook, I'm Not Wearing Pants is the page. And, of course, uh, Twitch.tv, Jay Sheldon, No Pants. Yeah, you're right, Luna. It is Miko's stream now. Uh, I'm sure she'd be quite happy just doing the whole stream. But unless you got treats and cookies, then uh, I'm not sure I could talk her into doing the whole stream. Besides, she's not big on reading yet, so I don't know how we'd get through Peter Pan, but we'd figure something out, I'm sure. All right, let me just do a little housekeeping here. Clear that up. There we go. It's Miko's Stream 2. Yes, it is. All right, young lady, you're going to jump down now? Go have some water. Go chase some scraps. Be a good girl, okay? You are the best. Say bye, Miko. Say bye. Say bye. All right, buddy. <laughs> good girl. And away she goes. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for joining. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Uh, be sure you like, subscribe, share, wherever you are, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv. And uh, that's all right, Miko. You can just hang out there if you want. You don't have to go away. I just can't put you on my lap and work everything here. Um, all right. Cool. Um, yeah, we got lots of stuff tonight. Um, thank you. She is adorable. She's such a cutie. You're exactly right. She's uh, she's a sweetheart, and she is just the best. 
She, she steals my heart every single day. Oh, my. All right. So we've got, uh, let's see, we're live on Facebook, and uh, we're live on Twitch, and we're live on YouTube. Mm, so far, that's going great. I've got, some, uh, I've got some good news, some bad news, some make-you-think stuff, some philosophical crap, and um, some stuff that's just beyond stupid. Uh, so you have two dogs of your own. That is great. What, what, are they uh, a breed or uh, street dogs or, or mutts? Two Pomeranians. Oh, my God, I love Pomeranians. They are so cute. They are absolutely adorable. Um, when we go for our walk every night around 6, 7 o'clock, <clears throat> um, there is a, it's a Pomeranian mix something, but it's just this little white puffy, fat ball of fur. It is the cutest dog. And uh, Miko's friends, and so they've got to, you know, do the sniff butt thing and everything and give kisses. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's an adorable dog. It's very small. It's, it's maybe only about that big and about that big around because it's, it's just like a little white cotton ball. It's a puff ball. Um, uh, the palms are really, really fluffy. Yeah, and this is a mix I don't. Want, I want to say Pom Pomeranian Husky, but I don't think so. I I, I forget what the mix is. Um, your cousin has two pit bulls, and you have a cat. How do the Pomeranians get along with the cat? Are they okay with that? Mm, Miko is great with uh, with other dogs. Uh, RFD, uh, my dog Snowflake, now no longer fluffy. He recently got, recently got his shave. Oh, wow. They get along pretty well. That's cool. We thought about, um, actually, I'll tell you, we tried. Uh, we got a, uh, a temporary uh, dog, uh, adorable little uh, shelter dog, but with the understanding because, I mean, Miko is the queen of the house. We've had her for over a year now, and uh, we wanted to make sure that they would get along. Sadly, they did not. Uh, Miko enjoyed her time with the little girl, and they played and they fought. But then as things went on, Miko got a little territorial and uh, got resource protecting. And it, it sadly it just didn't work out. But we had made arrangements that we would try it for a little while, week or so, and see if, if it would work out. We were praying that it, it would. It didn't. So... Uh, she is back looking. In fact, I think she's already found another home. Uh, but she's adorable. I know it won't take long. Uh, anyway, we thought about a cat because Miko loves cats. They don't love her. Um, the main reason is she is so psychotic. Uh, she wants to play. And the cats interpret play as aggression. So they're always like, you know, except this one Siamese cat. And the Siamese cat has a bell on, a collar with a bell. So obviously it is someone's cat. It's not just a stray. The neighborhood has a bunch of strays here. But this one Siamese will come through the yard and he doesn't, or she, I don't know what it is. They don't, this Siamese does not put up with any crap and particularly not Miko's crap. So um, Miko tries to play, you know, and the tail's wagging and she's all you know, come on, come on, play. And the Siamese is like, F off, <laughs> go away. And occasionally we'll, we'll take a swipe. But she, she just walks 
very calmly through the yard, crawls under the gate, goes about her business. Um, the other cats, if they see Miko, Mik the other cats are like, we're out of here. But the Siamese, they're almost friends. They almost kind of hang out uh, as long as the Siamese puts up with her. So, um, uh, Mom's co-worker breeding corgis. Ah, corgis are adorable too. And in fact, Miko was often mistaken for a corgi. She didn't really look like a corgi if we put them side by side. But um, considering getting one to add to your collection. <laughs> uh, your dog's okay with other the, the other dogs your sister has. Ah, okay. Uh, specifically, I really want one. Maybe too much with Willie, as Willie will is attracted to Snow, despite both being boys. Snow is annoyed by that. Uh, yes, she's a Shiba Inu. Correct, hundred percent purebred uh, Shiba Inu, uh, with all the papers and everything. Um, so yeah. Uh, I think for now we'll just live with the Siamese that wanders through the yard now and then. Maybe they'll become friends. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Okay, so I've just done, what, 10 minutes on Miko. <laughs> that's all right. This show is about whatever the hell we want it to be about, so that's fine. By the way, you want to be a part of the show, you can. I always remind you, you can Skype in at Jay Sheldon or look for I'm Not Wearing Pants on Skype. Or you can call us from a house phone, a hand phone, a cell phone, 860-958-0987. Toll charges will apply, but if you want to be part of the show, you can do that. Uh, just give us a buzz. All right. We have a few things to talk about in our Facebook review tonight. This is not on Facebook. However, it is um, it is a link from Facebook. This is cool. You know how hung up I am with the helicopter on Mars that flew. They're now apparently going to put it through its paces and take it to better heights, make it do incredibly impossible things, fly it wherever they can. And they said, basically, if we if we break it, we break it. But at least we know what our limits are. So that's cool. I, I can't wait to see that happen. But something else just broke. This literally happened maybe like four hours ago. And it's on uh, the Daily Mail. Future astronauts breathe easier. NASA's Perseverance rover makes oxygen on Mars for the first time. Of course, a critical life support for the red planet. MOXIE is a small gold box that uses electrolysis and converts CO2 into oxygen. The main component of the very thin Martian atmosphere is carbon dioxide, which would mean it's one carbon molecule and two dioxide molecules. It's attached to the belly of the Perseverance rover, and um, during its first test, it produced the equivalent of 5.4 grams of oxygen per hour. At capacity, it could produce 12 grams per hour, which is about the same as a large tree makes. How cool is that? Okay, I don't want to see the Google ads go away. Stop seeing this. Okay, the hell with you. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, here's one for you. Remember in, in the beginning, I always say it's, you know, 10 o'clock on the West Coast and 5 o'clock. And in Malaysia, it's 1974 or something. Well, today I said in Malaysia, it's right in the middle of the Middle Ages. 
And this is only one reason. I, I don't know if I'm sharing the other one tonight. There was this other ridiculous story I saw. Um, we live in a racist country. Like, I mean, I haven't been to a lot of countries. I've lived here 20 years now. But this country, you know, everyone always says, oh, it's a multiracial country and they all get along so well. Yeah, well, mm. um, here's one of the more stupid things that has happened just this week, hit the news. They've fixed it. But the question is, why the hell did it, was it allowed to go out in the first place? Uh, the St. Uh, Johor School apologizes for segregation of sports club. It's not our intention to touch on race. Well, in this form, you can see right here, it's in Malay. <clears throat> I'm not going to translate it for you. But a few days ago, a registration notice went out from a school in Batu Pahat in Johor, and it went viral after attempting to segregate students based on the type of sports they play. It was mentioned that football, which if you're in the U.S., by the way, football is our word for soccer, um, was only reserved for male Malay students. Netball could only be played by female Malay students. And basketball was only available for Chinese male students. If you're living in the U.S. or the U.K., I know your head is exploding, but trust me, this is an everyday thing here. Um, it, it, you talk about institutional racism? Hmm. Uh, unsurprisingly, Malaysians called for the education ministry to take action against the school. They did. They revised the form. The new form does not make any requirements for, uh, for what race you are based on what sports you can play. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, it even got rid of the fact that uh, that your gender, <clears throat> male or female, doesn't matter. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> another one. I shouldn't even have to say this. I got to do a little readjusting, so bear with me. Uh, you know, as always, I got to adjust the thing on screen because this never works right the first time. But that's okay. We'll get it. Trust me. We'll get it. Okay, here we go. Uh, yeah. April, this is not a joke. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. It truly is. So, I would like to remind everyone of the causes of rape. And here they are. You see the dark blue represents short skirts. The orange represents drinking. This is the pie chart. Flirty behavior is in lime green, a yellow uh, stripe here, a promiscuous past, walking alone in red, nighttime. These are the causes of rape. But you see this blue one right here? That is the cause of rape. Rapists. I've seen so many stories, particularly from here, where... You get people making dumbass comments like she was dressed sexy, she was asking for it, she... You fill in the blank. Every ridiculous thing you've heard a thousand times that people who know better know that that's the dumbest freaking thing ever. So, share this. Would you? I should, I'll stick it on my Facebook page. In fact, I think I may have already shared it. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. 
So there you go. All right. Um, we're going to really change subjects here. <laughs> really. <clears throat> in exactly 180 degrees. Um, I, I found this. I loved it. You don't have to read along. You can go do other things and just listen because I'm going to read it for you. But this is really, really nice. Listen closely. I think a lot of people don't understand what real romance is. Anyone can, can buy flowers, candy, jewelry. There's no love in that. The truly romantic things in life are the little things you do every day to show that you care. It's going out of your way to make someone happy. The way you hold his or her hand when you know they're scared. Or you save the last piece of cake, cake for him or her. The random text in the middle of the day just to say, I love you, or I miss you. The way he stops to kiss you when he passes by. Dedicating her favorite song to her and letting her eat your fries. Telling her or him he or her is beautiful, even when she's in her sweats, with her hair in a ponytail and no makeup. It's putting your favorite show on pause so she can tell you about her day, laughing at his jokes, even the really lame ones. It's slow dancing in the kitchen, and kissing in the rain. Romance is not about buying. It's about giving. True romance is in the gestures. People should take that to heart because it's true. That really it's, is what romance is all about. And, um, Sadly, a lot of people think it's about buying expensive gifts. Oh, you really love me. You bought me that car. Doesn't work that way. Won't last. Misha, demigod of discordance, and here he is. Yay! <laughs> nice to have you along for the ride. Yeah, that was a mood drop, but, you know, there you go. <laughs> it, we cover it all. We go from here to there to everywhere in between. <clears throat> yeah. Um, hey, you know, I told this story a while back. You didn't get the notification. What the hell, Locus Pocus? Well, you're here now, so everything is fine. We can go on with the show. We were waiting, you know. We had the whole show on, on hold. We do, we've just spent the last uh, uh, 18 minutes sitting around going... Well, we can't do anything till Locus Pocus gets here. But you're here now. So we can get on with things. I uh <laughs> I, <laughs> I I told this um I told the story about getting the chance to fly in a uh, B-17, the Flying Fortress, a World War II Flying Fortress. And I was a, a, a DJ, a morning DJ at the time, and we did our show live from this flight of this B-17. At the time, I did not have a picture to show you, in case you don't know, because it was, I mean, you know, well, my flight was in the 80s. The original flights were in the 40s during World War II. 
But just so you can see what it was, this popped up today. On this day in 1944, uh, you may not even know who some of these people are. Vivian Lee, Laurence Olivier, and Mary Churchill spoke at the dedication of the B-17 Flying Fortress. Stage door canteen. Uh, the bomber, named for two popular nightclubs, completed 105 missions by the end of the war. And this is what that particular beast looks like. Thank you, Stephen, by the way, for posting this. Um, that is a B-17 flying fortress. Uh, you can judge the size by the people here. Um, by the way, Laurence Olivier, Vivian Lee, Mary Church are very famous uh, actress, actors. Um, but you'll see the pilot is not even here. The pilot is way up there, wide up there. And when I took my flight in this thing, it was all still, that had. All, I mean, the guns didn't work, but it still had all of this. And what would happen was, this was a, a bombardier, the Flying Fortress. Um, in fact, in the belly of this thing, behind these people in the crowd, there was a big, it looked like this, only underneath the plane. And from inside the plane, you would crawl down through this hole, and you'd sit inside. And you know the scene from Star Wars? At least the first Star Wars, where they get in the Millennium Falcon, they get in the bubbles, and they're all going around like this shooting. That's what that was like, underneath the plane. So here, right there, is where the bombardier would sit. Actually, lie down on his belly. Because as you lie down on your belly, facing this way, your head was right here, you would look down through a scope. And that would line up, and you had your image of what your target looked like, and you'd look for the target. And then when it was over, it'd be bombs away. Boom, 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 and the bombs would take off. That right there, right there, is where I sat doing my live broadcast. Now, can you imagine you're flying in this thing and you are here, this is all, it's not glass, it's like plexiplastic or something. And you are in the tip of the spear, as they say, right here is where I was laying down doing my broadcast and the pilots up here, and this thing is going that way really fast. So, now, yeah, it would be a cool place to do a podcast nowadays. That would be dynamite. Oh, I'd love to do that. At the time, it was radio. So I was just pretty much describing what I was seeing. And um, the plane noise was enormous. But remember I told you the story where the pilot was so low over the water, if I'd had a net, I could have reached out and scooped fish? This hot dog pilot, and then I'm looking straight down at the water flying by underneath me. And then I look up this way, and straight ahead, maybe, I don't know, half a, half a click, is this mountain full of trees. And he's headed right for it, fast. And at the very last second, he pulls up and just skims the tree line and heads up over the mountain. My heart was somewhere around my butt. Just my stomach fell out. It was, uh, 
it was amazing. But anyway, I, I found this shot that Stephen posted today, and I, I had to share it because it was a really great way of explaining exactly what it was like being on that plane. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, here's a quick one. Here's a qu I love this. This is so cool. We're all full of cool advice. Yeah, it is an interesting feeling. It is really weird. Um, okay. Uh, we need to find this guy. Somebody dumped that. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Okay. Um, what else have we got going on? Where is it? Not that guy. Oh, my God. There. Okay. I found this. I love this. I love this. I love this. And I'm going to do this. In fact, we are doing it with the books that we read here on the show. Yeah. Hi, bot. Um, with the books we read on the show, we do exactly what this says. And it's such a cool idea. Take this to heart. Do this if you have time. I know everybody's busy. Everybody's got things to do. You got to check your hand phone every 12 minutes or 12 seconds. But if you have time, make, if you don't make time, reread your favorite books at different stages in your life because the plot never changes, but your perspective does. I thought about this because one of my favorite books is Snow Falling on Cedars. It was turned into a okay movie, but uh, the film was just all right. But the book was incredible, Snow Falling on Cedars. And it's a murder mystery plus. Check it out. If you haven't, if you love that kind of genre of book, do, do check it out. But I read this when I was like in my 20s. And now I'm 40 years older than that. And I thought, what a great idea. I'm going to make the time. I'm going to find a copy and reread the book because the plot never changes. But my perspective does. Huh? Cool philosophy. Very cool. Uh, okay. That's that one. That's that one. Whoops. What are we doing? Ah! Okay. Did I lose something? I hope not. Wait. Housekeeping! Housekeeping! <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. What else have we got? Oh, I know. A suggestion on how to spend your money. Another great piece of advice. Check this out. Kurt, thank you very much for posting this. Kirk Lee, tip of the hat to you, Kirk. My friend has a tax business, and that's who's filing my taxes. If my friend has a barbershop, that's where I'm getting a haircut. If my friend sells cars, that's where I'm buying my car from. It might be better prices out there, but I'm supporting my friends and I'm helping them build. We are all going to make I think I just shut it down. Nope, I still have it. Hold on. Is that who that is? I don't know. Now, this looks like, uh, yeah, it's frozen. Uh, I don't know why, but hopefully it'll pop back in in a sec. If not, we'll figure it out. Sorry, I'm repeating myself because I'm checking at the same time. Let me just jump back here to that cam. Okay. I think we're still okay. Okay. it's It should have... Okay, we're up. Cool. <laughs> and we're back on YouTube also. Facebook, I have no idea. We'll figure that out later. Uh, I think we're still live. 
Okay, let's go back to this. I think this is from the, um, what is the movie from, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Isn't this The Wolf of Wall Street? I don't think that's 21 Jump Street. I think that's uh, what, I, I can't quite tell. But it does look like Wolf of Wall Street. You're still frozen. What are you frozen on? Uh, Twitch? Mm, okay, I've got my Twitch up. And it looks okay. I think. See? <laughs> I just put it inside. <laughs> That's weird. All right. It seems to be fine. It might be you try refreshing maybe your browser or your phone because uh, it looks all okay from this side. Um, yeah, it's all right. We're still good. Okay. We're going to try one more time. I, I don't know if that's 21 Drum Shoot or not. I don't think so, but uh, it might be. It might be. Okay, dump that. We got uh, one more to go, I think. Yes, one more to go. I love this. Ah, maybe two more to go, actually. This is so cool. This is from a, a, a Facebook page called History All Day. It's the film, not the actors from the old TV show. Oh, okay, cool. Um, it, get this. I did a story about uh, potato sack companies who, during the de Depression, I think it was, uh, found out that uh, moms were sewing their kids' dresses and clothing from potato sacks because, you know, it was cheap and they were free, pretty much, when you bought the potatoes. So what the potato sack companies did was to put prints on their potato sacks and put their logo on in an ink that would wash out so that kids would have somewhat decent looking clothing. But this is kind of a twist on that. And I, this is so cool. In 1951, Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe attended a party at the Beverly Hills Hotel wearing a red dress. It was very provocative for the time. A low cut dress drew the ire of a particular female journalist who called her cheap and vulgar. She even went on to say that Monroe would have looked better wearing a potato sack. Well, a few days later, 20th Century Fox took advantage of the situation and organized a photo shoot that saw Marilyn Monroe posing in a potato sack dress that was designed especially for her. <laughs> the pictures featured in newspapers across the country. Uh, check it out. It actually happened. These are the pictures of Marilyn Monroe in a potato sack. And may I say, she looks just as good in a potato sack as I'm sure she did in that provocative red low-cut dress. She was the steam-lifting dress girl. Yes, that is, that is exactly right. She was the, uh, the, uh, the steam vent dress girl. <laughs> It's so cool, though, that she actually, uh, they uh, and how innovative of 20th century when she was trying to be insulting this writer to wind up actually taking it and twisting it around. So, <laughs> all right, I do have one more. It's very quick and it's very funny. And it is from our dear friend, Serena Lee. Serena Lee spends probably 53% of her time in Facebook jail, and the rest she spends posting some of the funniest, provocative, thought-inducing things that I see on Facebook. And sadly, Facebook, in all of its censorship bullcrap, continuously 
puts her in jail. But uh, this this was this is so good. Apparently, it's rude to poke someone in the forehead and keep saying "skip intro, skip intro" when they start talking to you. If you are a YouTube or a Facebook video watcher, you know exactly what we're talking about and who isn't. Skip intro, skip intro. Apparently it's rude to do that to somebody in person when they start talking to you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Thanks, Serena. You made my day. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Wait, where's my laugh? Why do I never have the laugh? There. All right. There. You deserve an audience laugh. I can see that with Netflix or Disney Plus. Yeah. Or the one that says, are you still there? <laughs> Same thing. Oh, man. All right. We're going to uh, we're gonna head on into, um, into Peter Pan. But uh, one of the things that I have done today is I've cut the chapters up. I realized from our last stream that freaking chapter was like 40 45 minutes long they're too long they're too long so i've taken the chapters and i've cut them in half yes that means it's going to take a little more time to get through the whole thing but that's all right it's far more interesting and i would rather have you along for the ride than bore you to death and um yeah it's peter pan so it makes sense to cut it into more pieces <laughs> You're exactly right. <coughs> you are correct, sir. Oh, man. All right. So um, here we go. Uh, let me just find. Nope. That's Michael. I want Peter Pan. There it is. <laughs> that was from our, our show last Saturday, our 50th anniversary show, our 50th episode show. Uh, so, Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Um, yeah, so anyway, it's not boring. Thank you, Locus Bocus. Appreciate that. Um, we have been doing uh, Peter Pan. These books come to us from the Gutenberg Project. It's gutenberg.org, where you will find free public domain books um, available uh, for download, for reading online, if you like, in all kinds of formats. There's Word docs, text files, ebooks in some cases. And they're all public domain books, and uh, the classics are all there. We are doing a classic right now. We're in the middle of Peter Pan. We're on chapter four. And they had just flown out the window, and the darlings, Mr. and Mrs. Darling, were just a little bit too late and uh, missed them. So off they were headed to Never Never Land. This is chapter four. It's called The Flight. Second star to the right, and straight on till morning. That, Peter had told Wendy, was the way to Neverland. But even birds, carrying maps and consulting them at windy corners, could not have sighted it with these instructions. Uh, Peter, you see, just said anything that came into his head. At first his companions trusted him implicitly. And so great were the delights of flying that they wasted time circling around church spires or any other tall objects on the way that took their fancy. John and Michael raced, Michael getting a start. They recalled with contempt that 
not so long ago they had thought themselves fine fellows for being able to fly around a room. Not long ago, but how long ago? They were flying over the sea before that thought began to disturb Wendy seriously. John thought it was their second sea and their third night. Sometimes it was dark and sometimes light, and now they were very cold and again too warm. Did they realize they were feeling hungry at times, or were they merely pretending? Because Peter had such a jolly way of feeding them. His way was to pursue birds who had food in their mouths, suitable for humans, and snatch it from them. Then the birds would follow and snatch it back, and they would all go chasing each other gaily for miles, parting at last with mutual expressions of goodwill. But Wendy noticed with gentle concern that Peter didn't seem to know that this was a rather odd way of getting your bread and butter, nor even that there were other ways. Certainly they did not pretend to be sleepy. They were sleepy, and that was a danger. For the moment they popped off, down they fell. The awful thing was that Peter thought this was funny. There he goes again, he'd cry gleefully as Michael suddenly dropped like a stone. Save him, save him, said Wendy, looking with horror at the cruel sea far below. Eventually, Peter would dive through the air and catch Michael just before he would strike the sea. And it was the lovely way he did it. But he always waited until the very last moment. And you felt it was his cleverness that interested him and not the saving of a human life. Also, he was very fond of variety, and the sport that engrossed him one moment would suddenly cease to engage him. So there was always the possibility that the next time you fell, he'd let you go. He could sleep in the air without falling by merely lying on his back and floating. But this was, partly at least, because he was so light that if you got behind him and blew... He went faster. Do be more polite to him, Wendy whispered to John when they were playing follow the leader. Then tell him to stop showing off, said John. When playing follow the leader, Peter would fly close to the water and touch each shark's tail in passing. Just as in the street, you may run your finger along an iron railing. They couldn't follow him in this with much success, so perhaps it was like showing off especially as he kept looking behind to see how many tails they'd missed. You must be nice to him, Wendy impressed on her brothers. What could we do if he were to leave us? We could go back, Michael said. How could we ever find our way back without him? Well, then, uh, we could go on, said John. Oh, that is the awful thing, John. We should have to go on, for we don't know how to stop. This was true. Peter had forgotten to show them how to stop. John said that if the worst came to the worst, all they had to do was to go straight on, for the world was round, and so in time they must come back to their own window. And who is going to get food for us, John? I nipped a bit out of that eagle's mouth pretty neatly, Wendy. 
after the twentieth try, Wendy reminded him, and even though we became good at picking up food, see how we bump against clouds and things if he's not near to give us a hand? Indeed, they were constantly bumping. They could now fly strongly, though they still kicked far too much, but if they saw a cloud in front of them, the more they tried to avoid it, the more certainly did they bump into it. If Nana had been with them, she could have had a bandage round Michael's forehead by this time. Well, Peter wasn't with them for the moment, and they felt rather lonely up there by themselves. He could go much faster than they, and he would suddenly shoot out of sight to have some adventure in which they had no share. He would come down laughing over something fearfully funny he had been saying to a star, but he'd already forgotten what it was, or he would come up with mermaid scales still sticking to him, and yet not be able to say for certain what had been happening. It was really rather irritating to children who'd never seen a mermaid. And if he forgets them so quickly, Wendy argued, how could we expect that he will go on remembering us? Indeed, sometimes when he returned, he did not remember them, at least not well. Wendy was sure of it. She saw recognition come into his eyes as he was about to pass them the time of day and go on. Once, she even had to call him by name. I'm Wendy! she said agitatedly. He was very sorry. I say, Wendy, he whispered to her, always, if you see me forgetting you, just keep on saying, I'm Wendy, and then I'll remember. Of course, this was rather unsatisfactory. However, to make amends, he showed them how to lie out flat on a strong wind that was going their way, and this was such a pleasant change that they tried it several times and found they could sleep thus with security. Indeed, they would have slept longer, but Peter tired quickly of sleeping, and soon he would cry in his captain's voice, We'll get off here! And so, with occasional tiffs, but on the whole rollicking, they drew near the Neverland. For after many moons, they did reach it. And, what is more, they had been going pretty straight all the time not perhaps so much owing to the guidance of Peter or Tink, because the island was looking for them. It is only thus that anyone may sight those magical shores. There it is, said Peter calmly. Where? Where? Where all the arrows are pointing. Indeed, a million golden arrows were pointing it out to the children, all directed by their friend, the sun, who wanted them to be sure of their way before leaving them for the night. And straight ahead was indeed Neverland, and we will get there on our next stream. The continuation of Chapter 4, The Flight, they reach the Neverland cool beans <laughs> all right folks wow you see i think the pacing is a little easier a little better that way and um today we read this picture of michael <laughs> cool all right um yeah so that's uh, 
that's one half of chapter four. We'll do the other half on Saturday nights, uh, this coming Saturday. I, I just, I feel more comfortable doing about that much of the uh, chapters, and I, th I think that'll work. So it'll be good. We'll get through it. If we get a short chapter, we'll read the whole thing, no problem. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for your uh, participation in tonight's show. It was nice to see you. I'm glad we had Miko uh, pop by here for uh, for a little bit of um, a little bit of hangout time. And uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Uh, if you are so inclined, somewhere up here there is a link you can click and make a donation, as has happened here. I meant 1% of my goal, by the way, 1%. Also on uh, Facebook uh, Live, you'll see a um, you'll see a link to click on there in the description, wherever it is, top or bottom. Um, you are entirely welcome, Locus Pocus. Thank you so much. Misha, thanks for joining. Uh, everybody who has uh, popped by here and um, said hello, including the bot, thank you. Uh, XY Adams, uh, yeah, that bot. <laughs> oh man, RFD and uh, Luna and the whole gang. Thank you so much. I will see you again on Saturday night, ten o'clock. The link on Twitch doesn't work. Uh, if you go to Facebook and uh, in the description, each live stream, it's constant. It's always there. Uh, you will see it there, and you can click on that link in the description. I think it says support the stream, something like that. And uh, you can uh, you can click on that one there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. No obligation, but every bit helps. Thank you so much. All right, guys, that's it. I am out of here, and I will see you on Saturday night. Be there or be square. I am Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night, everybody.